On this bonus episode of Indie Thinker, I give a Christian response to reparations and some of the cultural trends that are tearing us apart. Before we jump into this episode, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Today's episode is going to be packed full of important info that needs to be shared, so help us out and spread the word. And don't forget, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Element Funding and the Kevin Blair team. If you're in the market for a home or you want to refinance, you can take advantage of historic low interest rates right now by going to kevinblairteam.com. All right, so with all the talk of race in America, in the wake of George Floyd, one might get the impression that America is just the worst, riddled with systemic racism and inequality. However, the facts tell us something different. Population World Review ranks America among the least racist countries in the world, and we are such a great nation that we have to create racist incidents like the Jesse Smollett case and the case with the little girl who said that those boys in middle school cut her hair. At a time when black people in America have the highest household income than any other black people anywhere else in the world, we're having conversations about reparations. Reparations, of course, is the idea that cash payments should be distributed to the descendants of slaves. So one theological seminary in Virginia is taking up the cause, according to the New York Times. In a recent article, it says, In February, Virginia Theological Seminary began handing out cash payments to the descendants of black Americans who were forced to work there during the time of slavery and Jim Crow. According to the school, the checks, about 2100 this year, will come annually and have begun to flow to the descendants of those black workers. Although just 15 people have received payments so far, that number could grow by the dozens as genealogists pour through records to find living descendants. The bottom line is reparations have a noble goal, to account for the impact of historical realities in the present on minorities. However, even at a time where people do most of their thinking with talking points, the details matter. This is just one Christian perspective, but I have some questions about the morality of using money to make up for injustices of the past, like slavery and Jim Crow. So first off, that same article in New York Times says, quote, the program is among the first of its kinds, although other institutions have created atonement programs. Now, the word atonement is curious to me there. And I've noticed that the left side of the aisle is really fond of using religious language like this. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. By the way, Nancy, that's this guy. And so here, Christians have a job to do. Real atonement from the Christian perspective looks like true justice. That's what Christian atonement is. So I can only assume that the Virginia Theological Seminary is aiming for that. But does reparations achieve that? All right, so first off, the problem is that real justice is a system that is truly equal and allows people the ability to overcome their circumstances through their own virtuous effort, not the handouts of others. Otherwise, this is ultimately a symbolic gesture intended to make white guilt disappear rather than to truly help people. Or perhaps more dangerously, this is a Marxist attempt to backdoor the abolition of social class through the redistribution of wealth. I know, when you hear Marxism, you immediately just think, oh, but check it out for yourself. And given that the kind of people who become successful capitalists do not become that way by giving away their wealth voluntarily, isn't it necessary to forcibly redistribute wealth? Number two, does this not minimize the suffering of black people? I mean, really, I have to ask, does giving money really make up for past oppression, rape, in the murder of your ancestors? Let's be honest, that's not even a start. That's not real justice. The government's way of handling problems is we'll just throw money at it until it goes away. So number three, and this is probably the most important, 
Addressing the past could cause us to miss problems in the present. The past and its repercussions certainly deserve attention, but this is true of all of us in all of our lives. We all have to look at our past, and any honest person has to agree it's really hard to quantify how your past has affected your present. So you think, did the way my parents raised me impact me, or did something that happened to me in the past impact what's happening to me in the present? Because if you're going to discuss the past, you also have to discuss the recent past and how your own individual decision-making has created the present. And I personally fail to see how one of the biggest issues facing the black community today lies entirely at the feet of Jim Crow and slavery. And the single issue that I'm talking about is black fatherlessness. And you don't have to take my word for it. I'll remind you that Barack Obama back in 2008 noted that in his lifetime, he has seen the single parenthood rate in the black community rise from 22% to over 70% in the present. He goes on to say, quote, children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools and 20 times more likely to end up in prison, end quote. Notice he didn't one time cite white supremacy statistics that do not exist like our current president has made the habit of doing. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. And by the way, just to be clear, Biden here is not citing any source. He's just citing his own administration, not any actual evidence. So slavery and Jim Crow are they responsible for present fatherlessness that has increased after the Jim Crow era? Black-on-black crime, illiteracy, poor education in black communities, especially among young black boys. A large abortion rate among such a small minority, high incarceration rates, and more. If, like most important things, we have to admit that this issue of reparations demands more nuance than simply doling out money, then we may have to pause before we just jump on the train. And we have to admit that reparations merely seems like a political move sometimes, more so than a factual one. And Christians cannot endorse buying people off at the expense of maligning and minimizing how black people in America were and still can be brutalized. So why bring this up now? Reparations have all but fallen out of the ever-changing news cycle. Uh, what hasn't is the increasing sense that everyone needs to pause for a minute, take a breath, and chill out. We are constantly looking for ways to develop camps and to separate ourselves into silos so that we can find out who our enemy is. We're doing this right now with vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. Can't we see that this is a ploy to keep you thinking according to your camp instead of thinking for yourself? The sooner we get away from the idea of past racial issues and move into the promise of one human race, the better off we'll all be. You know that and I know that. So why not go back to fixing the person in the mirror rather than finding an enemy so that we don't have to fix ourselves? By God, get some help and leave everybody else alone. People left to themselves, white and black, typically thrive if given opportunities. We need to disagree. We need to discuss. And we even need to be outraged. A moral person is outraged at the right things. But the clock is ticking for us to understand that the best idea wins, not the part of your group. Facts and not emotional appeals is what is needed. Please, let's get away from this kind of stuff. Um, comedian Jimmy Kimmel last night made an interesting point in his monologue that's gotten a lot of attention today. So let me play that for you. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. I, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... <laughs> 
Andy, I know he's making a joke, but what do you think about that? The idea that, you know, the unvaccinated at this point are making a personal choice. And so why are hospital, precious hospital and ICU resources going to them over other gravely ill people in some cases? I mean, as this doctor is listening to this Jimmy Kimmel joke, you can almost see the disgust in his eyes because what Jimmy is doing here is plainly egregious and evil. And shame on you if you think this is the way to be righteous. You may disagree with someone, but you should never wish them dead. We all still share common humanity at the end of the day. And by the help of God who died for those who crucified him, we can return to true justice and run from cash payouts for being the imposter that it actually is. So I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Please leave a respectful comment below and don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you so much for watching. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.